Welcome to New Spring Church. We pray this message has inspired you to live a great life. For more information about our story, go to newspring.org.au. How are you all? There was a heck of a lot of passion in uh, worship this morning. I suspect you were to blame. So well done. God loves it when we celebrate life as a church. Man, I sound like Mariah Carey. There's a lot of reverb on this voice here. As long as I don't look like her, I'm, I'm sweet. Well, this isn't my first time preaching in this building. It's my second time preaching in this building, but it's my first time preaching at New Spring Church. And uh, rumor has it, you guys changed your name. Rumor also has it that you didn't actually take on Elevate's recommendation for your name change. We put in a formal suggestion that you guys should call yourselves Cowboy Church. And... Uh, for no reason apart from it's just a goofy name, with the tagline, Roping in Souls for Jesus. And uh, your board completely ignored our suggestion, even though it was obviously the best. Um, but you went with New Spring Church. And I, look, I applaud you for that. We, uh, our church was launched 63 years ago by a small group of pioneers in the Vic Park, Rivervale area. And uh, they became Rivervale Church of Christ and remained Rivervale Church of Christ for 50 plus years and it was only a few short years ago that we relaunched as Elevate Church. And uh, you guys have obviously gone on a similar journey yourselves. And, and I applaud you for that. And just one of the things we've learned that I want to encourage you with is you do have a history, just like we had a history. And some of that history is to be celebrated. And some of that history is not to be celebrated. But there's still lessons that we can take forward from that. That said, the most important thing is that God's called you guys together to be one church, to write the next chapter, to lead the next season, to journey together, that, that, that your children and your children's children will be talking about the church that they're building on, that you guys were here in 2017 laying the foundation for this next chapter as New Spring Church. So I'm really excited to see what God's going to do here we love you guys, uh, Andrea and Dave, uh, along with uh, Louisa and myself. We've been friends for over 15 years. Uh, Andrea and I worked together for quite uh, some time. Dave and my wife Louisa worked together for quite some time. And uh, we think of ourselves as one church just happened to be in different locations. You know, God's only got one team, but we play in different positions. And, but we're all shooting for the same goal. We're all aiming for the same target. And I'm here today not to be, I, I, I mean, yeah, you know, guest speaker, you got to call me something. But I don't feel like a guest speaker. I feel like, because actually Dave's speaking at Elevate this morning. So we kind of did this kind of, I don't know, maybe it's going to be a new reality TV show called Church Swap or something. But, uh, but I love that, you know, and Dave's just as committed and just as invested into Elevate this morning as I am and feel privileged to be here with you this morning. You know, when you're in a, a new social setting, maybe a friend's invited you to a barbecue or you're in a, 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 some sort of a community event and um, you, you meet someone for the first time, you're hanging out, you know, around the barbecue or wherever it happens to be, invariably one of the first questions that people ask you is, uh, so uh, what do you do for a living, mate? And now I actually describe myself as a professional Christian, I, but, but that's not the answer that I give, because it's actually just not meant to be a serious uh, profession. Um, I tell people, they say, oh, so mate, uh, what do you do for a living? I say, oh, I lead a church. Now, 
98% of the time, that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> that person is out of there. Oh, I think they hear my wife calling me. You know, it's like it's the first time they've ever actually listened to their wife calling them. Um, but they cannot get away from me fast enough because they don't know what to do with that. Uh, you lead a church. But sometimes they will stick around with a follow-up question. And it, it, it used to intrigue me because I didn't quite understand. Their follow-up question is, yeah, okay, mate, I get it, but what do you do for a paid job? Initially, I didn't understand the question, but I've come to realize that when I say to somebody I lead a church, they don't understand that there are some churches in their metropolitan area, in, in the area they live, that actually have enough people who aren't average aged 145 years old to actually, who actually give to God to actually financially resource a church where, where one or more people can actually be paid to give the best hours of their working week to leading a church. They don't understand that. They think seven people, average age 145, and if I say I lead those people, obviously I have some other form of financial uh, sustenance, it didn't compute for them. Now, you guys, when you get asked, what do you do for a living? Obviously, you, 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 you're not going to say you lead a church unless, of course, you do. But, but you might get this question tomorrow, Monday, you pitch up at work, you're in your cubicle, you're hanging out by the photocopy or on the job site, you're in the break room, wherever it happens to be. You'll get asked the question, the classic Monday question. So, how's your weekend? What'd you get up to? Classic Aussie questions. And I wonder what you answer. I would hope that somewhere in your answer, you're gonna wedge in, oh, Sunday morning, I went to church. Now, now that possibly could be the end of that conversation, I, just like it is when I tell people I lead a church. But, 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 but when you say that, you might get 2% of people that hang around for, for a follow-up question. You might have them say to you, you went to church, and I, yeah. And, and, and they're gonna say what everyone's thinking. Why in the world did you do that? Now you could answer, I went to church to praise the Lord in the Holy of Holies because he is worthy of all of our praise. Uh, please don't be that guy. Don't ever say that. It just makes you look silly. It gives us a bad name. But you could just say very, very practical things. And I'd encourage you to say, well, look, my church, great people. I love to hang out with them. My church has got great uh, ministry for our kids. Our kids love it there. Our church has got great music. The music, and they'll be like, huh? Yeah, great, great music. You, you have the opportunity there to actually bust some myths. Because a lot of the reasons that some of your family and friends don't go to church is because they think it looks something different than what it actually looks like. But let me pop the hood this morning and ask a deeper question because I don't have to ask you if you went to church because you're here. Let me ask a deeper question. It's a different question, but it's a deeper question. And it's very much a personal question. It's not the question, why do you go to church? I'm gonna ask a question this morning, why do you follow Jesus? I imagine most of you do, and by the way, if you don't yet follow Jesus, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to, to make a decision to start following him this morning. 
But if you are a follower of Jesus, this morning I want to I want to push pause on the treadmill of life and and ask you to ask yourself the question, why do I follow Jesus? Because the answer to that question, depending on how you answer it, is the answer that changes everything. Now, Jesus, I'm gonna share from a story. Jesus was with some of his closest followers and they were, they were journeying on foot from Jerusalem to Jericho and Mark, the uh, greatest name for a writer in the Bible, recorded a part of that story. And here's how he, he pitched the story. James and John, Zebedee's sons, don't ever call your kids Zebedee, came up to him. Teacher, we have something we want you to do for us. Well, what is it? Jesus replied, I'll see what I can do. Uh, as Dave mentioned, uh, there's a lot of pressure, uh, Andrea. He really set me up for sounding like I'm an overachiever and everything. Um, I do triathlon, it's my, my sport of choice, and uh, my swim practice for triathlon I do as a part of a swim squad. Now our swim squad meets um, in an Olymp Olympic-sized pool venue, eight lanes, and we book out three lanes. Lane one is for the nufties that can't swim very well. Lane two is for people who swim pretty well, and a lane three is for the fish. And those people, they are born with gills, and I, it's ridiculous. And um, when you join the swim squad, the coach will give you an assessment of based on your pace, and he'll assign you to a lane. And the idea is even if you start in the nufty lane, that potentially you'll improve and progress to where at some point in time you'll get a promotion. The coach will time you, and he'll bump you up maybe to lane two, and maybe if you're in lane two, you might get good enough to be bumped into lane three. These guys are walking along from Jerusalem to Jericho, following Jesus, which, by the way, is a great thing. Don't just stand looking at him. If he's moving, get moving with him. Christianity is not a position. It's a progress. It's a journey. And Jesus is moving. What sort of witchcraft has caused this to be up there? <laughs> Sorcery, Andrea. Sorcery. When I look at these guys, James and John... I put them, as far as their progress following Jesus, I put them in lane one. Because James and John, they asked Jesus a question, and it was around the idea, what can you do? I like the question. I really like the question because actually there's some people in your life, they don't even know that God exists or if he does, that he actually has got some game. He's actually got some power. He's actually got some miracle working abilities. That would astonish some of your family and friends. So these guys are in lane one just asking the question, Jesus, what can you do? They wanna see him do some stunts. They wanna see him do some tricks. They wanna see him make whiteboard erasers stick to the, to the whiteboard. They wanna see some stuff that they can put up on social media. They wanna, they, now look, it's fantastic. At least they were close to Jesus. 
At least they were following him. And so I'd suggest that lane one is a great place to start. And if you're not yet in lane one, I, like I said, I'm going to give you an opportunity to jump in to lane one this morning and, and, and get closer to a God who can do some stuff. But whilst it's a great place to start, lane one is a terrible place to stop. So Mark continues with the story. They spent some time in Jericho, and as Jesus was leaving town, trailed by his disciples and a parade of people, a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting alongside the road. When he heard that Jesus the Nazarene was passing by, he began to cry out, Son of David, Jesus! Exclamation mark. Mercy! Mercy on me! Exclamation mark. Many tried to shut him up, but he yelled all the louder. Mm -hmm, love it. Son of David, mercy, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped in his tracks. There's a sort of prayer you can pray that causes Jesus to stop in his tracks. Call him over. And they called him. It's your lucky day, buddy. Get up. He's calling you to come. And throwing off his coat, he was on his feet at once. And he came to Jesus, and Jesus said, what can I do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Duh, bro. On your way, said Jesus, your faith has saved and healed you. And in that very instant, he recovered his sight and followed Jesus down the road. You know, I talked uh, a moment ago about my swim squad, that you can be in a particular lane, and as and if and when you progress, that the coach will time you and maybe promote you up into the next lane. And I gotta tell you, when you get that promotion, in the middle of a session, the coach says, swimming good, move it up a lane. You don't just merely duck under the lane rope, get into the next lane and start swimming. You've earned that promotion. And so there's some ceremony involved. You will take all the time you need to make sure you get maximum eyeballs on your transition under the lane rope into the next lane when you start swimming in the next lane. It's a promotion. It's better. It's a sign that you're progressing. It's a sign that you're moving forward from lane one to lane two. It's a big day. Big, big day. So here we have James and John. Whoa. terrified to use this. They started off in lane one, asking the question, see what God can do. I'm going to follow Jesus just to see what he can do, see what he's capable of, if anything. And now we have Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus would have heard about Jesus. I don't know if he was a, saw him on Instagram, some of his miracles of helping other people that were blind to see, helping people that couldn't walk to start walking, people that were deaf to, to be able to hear for the first time. He would have heard the rumors. He would have known because Mark records that he's sitting on the side of the road and he heard that Jesus, the Nazarene, Jesus was a famous name in that day, just like John or, or, or Bill today. It wasn't just any Jesus, it was Jesus the Nazarene that Bartimaeus would have heard had been representing himself all around the, the, the known world uh, in that time. 
healing people. And he was smart enough when he heard Jesus was coming to ask a better question than merely see what God can do. He asked the question, see what God can do for you. See, because just hanging around watching Jesus do stuff for other people, when he's very capable and very willing to also meet you where you're at, also do some miracles in your life, also cause some breakthrough in your circumstances, there's a better question. And Bartimaeus was smart enough to ask that question, and I put Bartimaeus in lane two. James and John, lane one, it's okay, great place to start, terrible place to stop. And then we have Bartimaeus, he's in lane two. He's asking, see what God can do for you. Great place to progress. But even this is a terrible place to stop. And I said this to our church, and I'm gonna say this to you, and it's not casting, throwing any shade on you this morning, but in general, if our prayers are only lane two prayers, if New Spring Church are only praying prayers about meeting your needs, about having your prayers answered, then here's my advice to you. Shut the doors, sell the assets, and give the money to Elevate Church. <laughs> because you have Bartimaeuses all around you. They might not be physically blind, but you've got people with relationship challenges that Jesus could do something for. And they don't know that. And so you've got a job to do. You've got some Bartimaeuses around you that have got some financial challenges. And they don't know that Jesus can do something for them. Some health challenges. Some emotional challenges. You've got Bartimaeuses around you that, ha that, that have lost hope. You've got some Bartimaeuses around you that have no sense of purpose. They just get up in the morning, eat, work, sleep, repeat, and think that that is as good as life gets. And it's our job as followers of Jesus to get them close to him so they can find out that he can do some stuff for them. Lane two, living. Lane two is a great place to progress, but it's a terrible place to stop. Come and see what Jesus can do for you. Because Mark actually records three characters in this story, or three, three characters, James and John, we'll lump them together because they ask the same question. Following Jesus from lane one, seeing what he could do. Bartimaeus, Mark records, as following Jesus to see what he can do for him. He's in lane two. But there's an even better lane than lane two. There's even something more than lane two. It's lane three. And the person that was in lane three was Jesus. And Jesus demonstrated what's a better answer to the question See what God can do through you. 
Because if you look at their LinkedIn profiles, you'll see James and John's resume says, uh, uh, we, we, we watched some Jesus do some stuff. It's cool. I mean, come on, man. How many of you would have been like to physically been there when Jesus went around doing some of his tricks? Ching, yeah, tweet that, Mo. Yeah, come on. But Bartimaeus, on his LinkedIn profile, it says, I once was blind, but now I can see because I asked a better question. It's pretty cool, huh? But then you click on Jesus' LinkedIn profile. And he says, there was once this blind guy named Bartimaeus. And I was walking down the road one day and he asked me what I can do for him. And I said, let me show you what God can do through me. Who's got the best resume out of those three characters? And you say, well, yeah, that's fine, but he's Jesus. Yeah, I know he's Jesus. I read the book. But Jesus himself said that when he leaves, he will send us the Holy Spirit and that you and I, because the Holy, his Holy Spirit lives in us, and works through us, that we'll be able to do even greater works than Jesus himself did while he was on earth. Lane three living is possible in this day and age, that you can be someone that starts in lane one. Man, I started sniffing around Jesus. Turns out he really was a son of God. Good. Yeah, so I decided to follow him and I had some stuff in, in my life and I asked him to pop the hood to see what he can do for me and he started fixing stuff and rearranging stuff and boosting stuff and turbocharging some stuff and giving me some purpose and he realigned the wheels and he set me on a course and he gave me a job and he gave me a mission and he actually said, you know what? You can move into lane three if you want now. You can be someone that doesn't just walk around consuming I mean, it's better than just spectating. It's consuming, receiving God's miracles, receiving God's power, receiving God's strength, receiving God's breakthrough, receiving God's turnaround. It's better than lane one, just standing around watching. Oh yeah, let's see what Jesus can do. Yeah, okay, better, lane two. But we can get into lane three where we say, Jesus says, hey, listen, boys and girls, I got something I don't just want to do for you. I've got some stuff I want to do through you. Lane three living, y'all. It's the best. And let me tell you, I've been a professional Christian for over 20 years. And one of the things, there's a lot of things, but one of the things that rips my undies more than anything is that I see time and time again people who have moved up a lane I've seen this time and again at some point in their life move back down a lane it makes no sense to me it rips my undies it, 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 and, and by the way if it saddens me I can't even begin to imagine how much that must sadden and frustrate God And when you think about it, it makes no sense. 
Why would you, having graduated from lane one into lane two and from lane two into lane three, ever want to go back down a lane? Because ain't nobody in my swim squad is ever asking the coach to go back down a lane because they work too jolly hard to get promoted up a lane. And when you get into the fish lane, man, you want to make sure that the whole world knows about it and ain't no going back. But there's a universal thing for the people that I've observed time after time who have gone back a lane. And it's because they started asking the wrong question. They started singing that Aussie soft rock tune, What About Me? Because when you get into lane three and you start living with your clear calling that you are put on this earth to see what God can do through you, there's a risk that you might at some point in time have a need of your own. And wonder, well, if I'm so jolly busy, so flippin' focused on seeing what God can do through me, who's gonna fix my junk? Who's going to realign my wheels when they get a little bit out of whack? And so you go, Ooh, hang on a second. Better go back to lane two to see what God can do for me. But here's the thing. Everyone in my swim squad in lane three, they can do everything that the kids and the boys and girls and the dudes and the chicks in lane two can do and lane one can do and better. They don't need to go back into that lane to prove that they can still do that. In fact, the fact that they're in lane three proves that they can also do the lane two stuff and better and also do the lane one stuff and better. So when you live in lane three, you don't have to be stuck asking the question, God, what about me? You've graduated. You've got a better answer for why you follow Jesus than just, I wanna see what he can do for me. You can trust that while you and I are committed to living in lane three, this life of purpose, of calling, of mission, I wanna see what God can do through me that while you're doing that, you trust and you take Jesus at his word when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be given to you. That while you're busy seeing what God can do through you, he's backfilling everything anyway. Got a need, got it covered. Got a struggle, I'm on to it. Just stay in lane three. Oh yeah, well, it's easy for him to say, he's Jesus. He's Jesus. And, you, and you're not, and I know that. And you know the, some of the silly thoughts you have and some of the dumb things you do and some of the stupid things you say. And, and here's the thing, sure, we're never gonna be Jesus because he's Jesus. But he's promised that with his Holy Spirit living and working on the inside of us that we are being transformed into his image and likeness, and we're never gonna become him, but we are meant to follow his example of these three characters in the story, James and John. If you're, if you're not even in lane one yet, it's a great place to start. Get in the lane, start following Jesus.
And I'm going to give you an opportunity in a minute if you've never made that decision. Bartimaeus in lane two. It's a great place to progress to, but it's also a terrible place to stop. The person in this story, the person that in this episode in history that Mark records that we're meant to model ourselves after is Jesus. See what God can do through you. So in a moment, I want you to stand if you're ready to move up a lane. And I want you to think about that because I'm gonna get you to stand and you're not standing to show me something. You're standing to show God something. So don't stand if you just wanna play a game. Don't stand if you just wanna impress the people next to you because God's gonna call BS on that in no time. But if you're ready to go up a lane, then in a moment I'm gonna get you to stand. You may have been someone that's, that's been living in lane one. You're only new to this whole thing. You've only been following Jesus for a short period of time. You've just been spectating, but, 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 but you've seen him do some stuff and you're ready to move up to lane two to get some more of what's going on under your hood fixed. Some of you have been living in lane two. You've been, you've been consuming. You move from spectator, you've started consuming, you've started accessing some of God's power. But now is the time to step up to lane three, to move from consumer to contributor. Think about that for a minute. And you, you say, oh, well, I'm already in lane three. Well, let me tell you something else about my swim squad. There's 10 people in the lane, and the guy at the front's the fastest, and the guy at the back's the slowest. He, he's still in lane three, but he's the slowest, so he, even, he, even he already being in lane three, can still make progress. If you're not dead, God's not done. There's always a next step. I don't care whether you got black hair, brown hair, gray hair, or no hair. There's always a next step because if you're still breathing, God's still working. Before I get you to stand, I promise to give you an opportunity if you've never even started following Jesus to jump into lane one, and I want to give you that opportunity right now. It's a simple question. Have you started following Jesus? And if the answer is not yet, then in a moment, I want to encourage you to say, yes, I want to start following Jesus. I want to get into lane one and start this journey following Him. And what I want you to do to show Him that that's the decision you're making today is just put your hand up. And I'll see your hand when you put your hand up. You can put it down. And I'm just going to pray for you from the front once you've done that. And then we're going to move on to this second question of those of you ready to move up a lane. Before we do that, if you've never said yes to following Jesus, if you've never jumped into lane one yet, then right here, right now, how about you slip your hand up and say, that's me this morning. I'm ready to start that journey following Jesus. I'm ready to see what God can do. Put your hand up. I'll see your hand. You can put it down. We do this at our church every week. Sometimes people put their hands up. Sometimes it, 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 nobody does. Rips my undies when it's no one. But we always want to give you that opportunity because if you're here this morning, we don't want you to leave this building. If you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, we don't want you to leave this building without giving you that opportunity. So just last time, as I look around the auditorium, if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, could you just put your hand up and you can put it down. Okay. Anybody ready to move up a lane? 
from lane one to lane two, from lane two to lane three, or from the back of lane three, moving up the line. How about you stand right now? I'm gonna pray for you. And don't be put off if you don't know exactly what that looks like. Because Jesus first calls us to follow Him before He even tells us where we're going. How are we gonna get there? How long is the journey gonna take? He doesn't answer that up front. He calls us to follow Him and trust Him and keep following Him in this journey of life. So if you're ready to take a step up to that next lane, then today is promotion day. And don't be thinking God's, So don't be thinking that if you're, if you're ready to stand that the devil's the one giving you the nudge. He don't want you to jump up a lane. He wants you to start singing What About Me and jump back a lane. Just become a bunch of spectators. I go to church. Oh, what you do on the weekend? Oh, I went to church. Because uh, it's so much more always with Jesus, so much more. Those of you standing, if you don't look around, but let me give you the scoop on this, about 60, 70% of people are standing this morning. That's pretty powerful stuff. Let me pray. God, I don't know everybody here, I don't know everybody's story, but those people standing, you know their story. And they're standing this morning because they're serious about taking a next step following you. They're serious about moving up a lane. They're serious about the promotion that you've got for them, that they're not on this earth merely to spectate. They're not on this earth merely to consume, but you've got something more. You've got a next step. You've got more capacity. You've got more things you wanna do through them. You've got, you've got Bartimaeuses out there in their family, in their, in their community, in their neighborhoods, in their schools, in their place of business, in, in, in their place of study. There's Bartimaeuses that you want us to get out and be used by you to do stuff through us so that we are living the model and the power and the pattern and the strength that Jesus has called us to. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Guys, standing up, how about you give the people around you a big rap for what they've done this morning. Fantastic.